Heavenly Father, I ask today that those who hear these words would hear that they come directly from you and that they would see how very much you love them, that they would be changed because of what they hear today, that they would choose to live their lives for you, that they would share you, love you, and worship you every single day. In your son's precious name, I ask these things. Amen. I always pray that the words God gives me for these podcasts would be used by him to change those who hear. That they would grow you, help you be all that God has for you to be. But today, I had to start the podcast with prayer so that you would be praying with me as you hear these words. Before Jesus was crucified, he was whipped with a whip that consisted of small pieces of bone and metal attached to a number of leather strands. The number of blows given to Jesus is not recorded, but during this time, typically they would hit a prisoner 39 times. It was thought to be excessive to hit someone in with this flogging, scourging type of beating more than 40 times. So they would go for 39 because just in case they miscounted, they did not want to be excessive. During this type of whipping or scourging, the skin was ripped from the back, exposing a bloody mass of tissue and bone. Extreme blood loss occurred. Many times, the beating itself caused death or at least unconsciousness. In addition to this type of flogging, Jesus faced several beatings before and after this, and he was tormented by the Roman soldiers, spit on. They would pluck his beard from his face, and they would place a crown of thorns on his head and push it down so hard that it would pierce his scalp. As I was listening to my worship music this morning and just focusing on time with Jesus and on thinking about him and all he's done for me, a question suddenly came to mind. How many? Before I could even ask God how many what, he said, how many drops of blood did my son shed for you? How many thorns dug into his scalp for you? How many pieces of his beard were yanked from his face for you? How many times did the whip hit his body for you? How many pieces of flesh were ripped from his body for you? I had no words, and the picture that came to mind wasn't pretty, but I know it was necessary so I could better understand exactly how much Jesus loves me. As I sat there thinking about this interaction with God, I knew this was something He was giving me to share with you. You know, so often these days, the preaching that we hear is about love and joy and peace 
It's about the pretty parts of being a follower of Jesus. Now, I know these are true. He is a God of love and joy and peace, but he is so much more. And if you're only hearing the pretty parts of the Bible and the pretty parts of living for Jesus, you aren't hearing the entire message of Jesus and what he did and what he expects from us. We need the whole truth. Just like the court of law expects the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Truth is Jesus died a horrific, painful death for you and for me. In Matthew 27, 46, the word of God tells us, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God had turned his face from Jesus, his only son, because of me, because of you, because of our sin. It wasn't Jesus he turned from. It was the sin that Jesus had willingly taken onto himself for me and for you. That's the only way we can one day live in the presence of God. We can't even be in his presence with sin on us. So Jesus took all the sins of every person who's ever lived or ever will live. And then he was sacrificed as a lamb, slaughtered and presented to God to cover our sins. You know, many people have trouble with the picture of slaughtering a lamb. I have to admit myself, I don't, I don't like to think about it. But Jesus was not only slaughtered, but whipped, mocked, spit on, pierced, and beaten so badly that his body looked like raw bloody meat to the point he was not even recognizable. That picture makes me sick and sad. It makes me sick because no one should endure that kind of treatment. But more than that, I am sad because he endured it for me. He went through it willingly because he wanted to make it possible for you and for me to spend eternity with him and his father. And after the flogging, he was forced to carry his own crossbar to his execution site. This crossbar weighed about 100 pounds. In the case of Jesus, he might have carried it as far as two football fields. In a weak and tormented state, it's no wonder that the Bible records that he needed assistance on the way. Once he reached Golgotha, the execution site, the crossbar would have been put on the ground and Jesus would have been forced to lie upon it. And spikes about seven inches long and three-eighths of an inch in diameter were driven into his wrists. The spikes would hit the area of the median nerve, causing shocks of pain up his arms to his shoulders and his neck. Already at the execution site would be the seven-foot-tall post called stipes. In the center of the stipes was a crude seat to support him. The crossbar was then lifted onto the stipes, and his body was, would be awkwardly turned on the seat so that his feet could be nailed 
to the stipes. At this point, there was a tremendous amount of strain put on his wrists and arms and shoulders, probably resulting in a dislocation of his shoulder and elbow joints. The position of his nailed body held his rib cage in a fixed position, which made it extremely difficult to exhale and impossible to take in a full breath. Having suffered from the scourging, the beatings, and the walk with the heavy crossbar, Jesus was described as extremely weak and dehydrated. He was probably losing significant amounts of blood. As time passed, the loss of blood and lack of oxygen would cause severe cramps, spasms, and probably unconsciousness. But ultimately, victims of crucifixion typically died of suffocation. To breathe, the victim was forced to push up on his feet to allow for inflation of the lungs. As the body weakened and the pain in his feet and legs would become unbearable, he would be forced to trade breathing for pain and exhaustion. Eventually, he would succumb in this way, becoming utterly exhausted or lapsing into unconsciousness so he could no longer lift his body off the stipes and inflate his lungs. Due to the shallow breathing, his lungs would begin to collapse in areas, probably causing hypoxia. Due to the loss of blood from the beating, the victim probably formed a respiratory acidosis, resulting in an increased strain on his heart, which would beat faster to compensate. Fluid would also build up in the lungs, and under the stress of hypoxia and acidosis, the heart would eventually fail. There are several different theories on the actual cause of death for Jesus. One is that there was a filling of the pericardium with fluid, which put a fatal strain on the ability of his heart to pump blood. Another theory states that Jesus died of a cardiac rupture. Another is that his death was multifactorial and related primarily to shock, exhaustion, asphyxia and perhaps acute heart failure. Regardless of the acute medical cause of his final death, the historical record is very clear. Jesus suffered numerous hours of horrible and sustained torture on the cross of Calvary. I'm sorry, on the cross of Calvary. I'm not sharing this horrible information for any reason other than to help you understand what Jesus did for you. You know, we so easily say Christ died for you. And that should be enough, but we're surrounded by death these days and have become almost immune to what that means, especially in the case of Jesus. He didn't just die for me. He willingly suffered the tortures and death that were horrific the worst that the Romans could create up to that time. These days, even if someone tortures and kills small children, they're put to death in a humane way. But not only was Jesus completely innocent, but he was put to death in such a way that we even have trouble talking about the details. But we truly need to think about what he willingly endured for us the gift He gives us of eternal life 
It's free to us. That's the gift part. But it came at a cost that is beyond what I can imagine. And he did it willingly. He could have come off that cross at any time. He could have stopped the beating with just a flick of his finger. But he didn't. He endured that horrible torture, beating and death for you and for me. How many? How many drops of blood did Jesus shed for me? How many strikes of the whip ripping through his flesh did he endure for me? Too many, way too many. If truth be told, every single one of them, he would have endured just for me or just for you. He loves us that much. I struggle just like you do. I lose my temper and I say and do things I shouldn't. I have days I wish I would have stayed in bed. But overall, I pray my life is one that reflects my love for Jesus Christ and those drops of blood weren't shed just so I could live my life the way I want to live it. I pray that those drops of blood were shed so that I could live my life for Him and that I would live my life for Him. Sharing with this lost and dying world what He did for you, for me, and for those who would choose to accept Him and His call on their life. So let me ask you, how many drops of blood fell from the broken, bloody body of Jesus for you? How are you going to live your life for Him in response to this gift of love? If you haven't yet trusted Jesus as your Savior, and you don't want to go another minute without Him to help you understand and reflect true love, please call me, email me, or text me. You can also go and listen to podcast number zero. There I lay out the step-by-step plan of how you can come to know Jesus personally as your Savior. I want you to have this special relationship with Jesus. I wish I could help you see how wonderful it is to belong to Him. But I promise you this, you won't regret it. Don't hesitate. God is so good. Don't live another minute without Him. If you need prayer or would just like to talk to somebody, or if you would like to have somebody go through exactly how you can answer the call from Jesus, call me at area code 918-344-5656 or email me at lauriethedisciple at gmail.com. If you don't have a Bible of your own, let me know. I'll be glad to mail you a New Testament. I've got them sitting right here just waiting. I want everybody to have a Bible, and it would be my sincere pleasure to send you one. My name is Lori, and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ.